Welcome to the WealthTech Winner Circle Podcast. In this podcast, we break down the technology challenges that are impacting today's financial professionals. Our goal is to identify these challenges and potentially uncover solutions across tech integrations, adoption, emerging technology, evaluating solutions, and more. Through this content, we hope to help professionals avoid common pitfalls and move their services towards an award-winning strategy for 2020 and beyond. Hosted by Tim Welsh, President Nexus Strategy and Consultant to the Wealthies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wealth Tech Winner's Circle podcast. My name is Tim Welsh, and I'm joined with Michelle Feinstein from Pershing. Michelle, thanks for joining us today. And maybe to get started, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, tell us a little about your role, your background in financial services and uh, anything else you think would be helpful for our audience to get to know you. Sure, thanks so much for having me. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Michelle Feinstein. Um, I've been working in the industry for over 25 years. Uh, currently, my role is Director of Technology Solutions Consulting and Client Engagement for BNY Mellon Pershing. But over my uh, two-decade career, I've held many different roles. Um, actually, it goes all the way back into the 90s. I won't tell you specifically when, because then you'll know my age. Um, but it's interesting, my career started in PC Financial Network, which was a concept of online discount brokerage. And back in the 90s, this was pretty new and pretty cutting edge. At that time, I was acting as a service representative, um, you know, helping clients manage through managing their, their investments online, doing online trading, opening accounts online. And it was so interesting to be on that end of the call, um, understanding you know, how difficult it was to teach them how to do that and to service them. As the years went on, I ended up taking on roles in product strategy and in business development, and that put me more on the side of a wealth or advisory firm because I was sitting there listening to what their business goals and objectives were and starting to see how they were forming strategies to become more digital. So it's been a journey. It's been interesting. And in the role that I play today, my team focuses on really helping firms figure out how can they leverage all kinds of solutions to grow, to scale, and to compete, uh, especially in this age where efficiency and going digital is so important. That's great. Sounds like you've had a, a well-rounded background and bring great perspective for us today. Uh, so this is all about the winners of the wealthies, and uh, Pershing had a fantastic year in 2019. Uh, maybe tell us a little about your two winning initiatives. I know one was around biometrics, and the other one was around personal finance initiative. Uh, I'd love to hear more about that. And uh, kind of, uh, you know, give our audience uh, sort of the ins and outs of what went into those initiatives. Yeah, so the one I'll spend a little bit more time on is the biometric acknowledgement for payment. Um, our focus on this was really on how can we make the money movement process easier, more digital, less paper intensive uh, for the advisor and the investor. And so what we studied was the journey of a particular asset movement. How many phone calls does it take? How much paper is involved? Is that paper really needed? And is there something digitally we can do? With this project, what we figured out was when a client's requesting an asset movement, they can initiate through Netix Investor, but a letter of authorization is still required, and that causes a lot of time to be lost. So what we did is we said, all right, well, wouldn't it be neat if instead of a paper letter of authorization, why can't the client just go ahead and authenticate their authorization using biometrics? So using their thumbprint or using their face with technology like a mobile device as their authorization. And that's what this project is all about. And that's what it supports. Uh, that's fantastic. I think everyone will love less paper in 2020 for sure. Um, the other one was all about a personal finance education. I know that was sort of near and dear to Mark DeBergen's heart, your former CEO. Uh, what's it going to be like without Mark or maybe share a little bit of the impact he had on Pershing for a, a tremendous career? 
Well, look, we're moving on to the next generation, the generation post-marked version. But what I would say is he has uh, left a lasting legacy. He has mentored many of us on one of them. Um, he's definitely shared a lot of great lessons on what's so important to advisors in the advisory business, what's going to be impactful, his you know big focus on financial literacy. I think the staff that he has in place, uh, namely uh, Ben Harrison, Christina Townsend, and many others, are going to take the torch and carry on what he was intending uh, to do. So I think that you know we're in good hands. Ben is a great pick. He has years and years of experience. He has great relationships with all of our clients. And he sits on all the committees that are influencing where we're investing next in the uh, advisory space to become more efficient, to become more uh, digital, uh, to really help advisors and investors collaborate in all new ways and grow their businesses. That's fantastic. Yep, uh, Ben's an amazing uh, executive, and I look forward to working with you all going forward. Uh, so let's talk bigger picture. Um, what are some of the biggest technology challenges you see advisors dealing with? You know, particularly in this age of market volatility, seems like um, there's some real advantages technology can help advisors with today. Well, what's your, what's your point of view there? Yeah, so I'll, I'll start with the challenges, and there's so many ways that we learn about these challenges. I learn about them, you know, face to face, talking to advisors, as well as through our tech advisory boards. Um, I think first and foremost is they're living in a constant state of change; it never ends, right? So there's changing regulation, uh, continued focus on privacy and cybersecurity, and they have to learn how to talk about it. There's the changing expectations that clients have. Uh, that it just keeps growing, right? Changing wealth needs, uh, changing preferences on how much technology they want to use or not use. And I think one of the bigger ones is also changing how they show up and show their value and offer service. I think many advisors have been very used to working in a one-size-fits-all model, and it's no longer a one-size-fits-all world. So now they're trying to figure out, okay, what do my clients want? They're trying to segment those clients into groups and figure out how they can offer service models that are personalized. Uh, so Michelle wants to have a digital experience and use e-signature, but Tim doesn't want that experience. He wants more of a high-touch experience. So that juggling has become a bit of a challenge. Um, I think also another challenge is there's just too much technology out there for advisors to choose from. So they don't know how to put together uh, an ecosystem you know, they're fearful they're going to make a mistake or make the wrong choice. So they're looking for consultative support. Um, another is the efficiency play. Uh, they're told they need to be more efficient and scale and reach more clients, but how do they do it? So I think there's a lot of education that's being, you know, that needs to be there for advisors to teach them how to become efficient, how to do online digital client onboarding, how to use online document management systems, how can their CRM be a powerful tool to help them uh, work with clients and, and track prospects and, and track opportunities. Uh, so those are just a couple of things. Um, you know, in terms of the too much choice, I think one of the easiest things that advisors could do is learn from other advisors. So instead of trying to just figure it out on, on their own, why can't they start to observe advisors in their own office or advisors in other channels? And what are some of the best practices that they've employed to have technology enable them to change the way they show up to their clients? So those are just a couple of the things I wanted to point out. Yeah, fantastic. You know, on the flip side, um, where are the opportunities that they might be missing? You know, obviously there's lots of stuff to sort through, but any one or two items you have on top of your list that really bring some great opportunities for advisors that they are not yet maybe um, leveraging to their fullest extent? Yeah, well, the first simple one is to start adopting the technology that their firms have already put into place. 
start learning it, start using it, and that's going to be an immediate win. I think the next big opportunities are the power of data. So it can be overwhelming and scary, but if their firms can help them get organized and around their data, knowing all the data they have, and then giving them tools that can help them profile clients in new ways, um, it can be powerful. So things like predictive analytics can help advisors really understand you know, what's the behavior that's trending amongst their client base? Uh, what are some of the things that they can do about that? What products uh, could be aligned against some of those behaviors? I think there's a lot of cross-selling opportunity there um, that they're not seeing. Because uh, today, you know, advisors would have to dig into the data on, on their own through spreadsheets or something else. You know, an example of using data powerfully is a tool that we just introduced last fall called Money in Motion. Money in Motion is a dashboard where you know, we're showing them the inflows and the outflows of assets from their portfolios in a very digitally engaging way and giving them ideas of what to do next. So I think data is a big opportunity. Um, I think another one goes back to the digitizing service and efficiency focus. So here, some of the ideas are, if you're not opening accounts in a digital way, start immediately. If you're not leveraging e-signature, you should start immediately. Uh, some of the more popular tools uh, that we've integrated with are Sinex and uh, DocuSign, to name a few. Uh, we're starting to see that a lot of clients are using portals less and mobile more. So this is another opportunity. If advisors have not yet leveraged mobile capability, meaning iPads and phones, to start collaborating and interacting with clients and sharing information, they really should get on top of that because mobile is becoming the preferred um, you know, technology to use. Um, so those are just a couple of examples that I would point out there. Um, the other one that's really big is they need to start thinking about moving away from just focusing on managing portfolios or being very transactional in their interaction with clients and having more of a comprehensive life planner approach. And there's a lot of technology that's starting to emerge around this. So this means clients of all ages, they're looking for help on how to plan all the different milestones of their life. And they're looking at advisors and saying, hey, if I'm going through something major in my life, whether it be a job change, a job loss, uh, a divorce, um, can you help me manage through that? And what's the financial impact? So that that's going to be really big. Um, and again, some of it's technology, but a lot of it is the human interaction that they can provide um, as you know, helping their clients go through that life planning journey. Yeah, I really like what you said there about um, portals less, mobile more. Um, what does that mean when we kind of think about the client experience? Sounds like that's the buzzword we're kicking around all the time these days. Um, so where do you see all that working and fitting? You know, what does client experience mean to you all at Pershing? And how can advisors really uh, make the most of all this? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, client experience, experiences of all types, right, for the front end, for the middle office, for the home office, have been a focus for us for some time and will continue to be. And uh, the theme that we're seeing and hearing is simplification. So if the technology is going to be adopted, it has to be simple. Um, you know, at Pershing, we have big initiatives going on right now for reimagining the advisor experience. So the next generation of NetX360 is something that's in development now. Um, in, in our efforts there, it's all about simplification, easy user experiences, um, technology that is smart, that will anticipate the needs of the user. So instead of throwing a lot of data at them, the approach we're taking is show a lot less data. And then depending upon what they're trying to do, we'll start to slowly show them more data based on that transaction. 
another thing is next best action. So we're looking at this with our search tools. Instead of just letting you search for something, once you've searched for us, you know, for that item, then we're looking at, all right, well, what about that? So let's say you're searching for trading. What's the next best action you can make with trading? Everything from materials to learn how to do it to navigating you directly to the channels to place trades uh, and more. So on the experience side, um, that's a big focus. Um, again, adaptive mobile is a big focus on the experience side. And then there's the investor experience. So we have another initiative right now where we're uh, going to be redesigning Netix Investor, looking at you know how are things done both in the wealth industry, but also outside of our industry. So again, a similar theme for the investor, which is give me a comprehensive view into what's happening in my portfolio, but make it easy, make it mobile. Um, another big theme there is personal financial management tools. So a lot of investors now are saying, in addition to seeing my portfolio, whether it's held completely at Pershing or away, I also want to know how I can leverage some tools in the portal to do budgeting, to do saving, uh, to see my full picture of all my credit cards, all my debt. And I also want to see what, how I compare to my peers. So these are some tools we're looking at on the um, investor side of experience. And then there's the folks in the home office. So for their experience, it's really about looking at how we can digitize custody. So everything that Pershing provides as a clearing firm, right now we're looking at, is it digital today? Can it be digital or automated? So that I can provide more efficiency for the folks in the home office and how they support their advisors. That's great. Sounds like you've got all the uh, channels covered there. So let's switch gears a little bit. And I've kind of coined this phrase, uh, have we reached peak robo? <laughs> and by that, I mean, uh, do you think the advisors have sort of gotten over the angst that they may be replaced by a robot one day? And that, of course, now we know that behavioral finance is important, particularly in these market crazy times. Uh, I mean, what's your point of view? I mean, is the, the robot um, robo advisor movement over or where do you see that going? And can advisors and automation exist at the same time? I think that the focus on it has changed. Do I think the fear of being replaced by a robo is starting to end? I do think it's heading in that direction. I think that advisors are starting to see when we say digital advice or digital, it doesn't have to mean just that robo experience anymore. Robo is just a tool in their toolkit among many other digital type capabilities that are going to make their business stronger. So I think what I'm starting to see is advisors are looking at technology as an enabler. It's just a tool. It's not replacing them. Clients still prefer them being part of it. They want a blend of technology and human support. So the advisors very much still have a role, but they will lose the opportunity to provide value if they don't adopt technology. So what I'm starting to see is with digital advice, there's an intersection with digital advice and financial planning tools. I see those providers talking together to expand the tool set that they can offer. In our own portal experiences for the investor, we have multiple digital device experiences that we make available so our clients can have choice. Some are third party, one, one of them we built ourselves, and the other one is we're helping firms that wanna build their own. But in addition to digital advice, we also have many other capabilities, right? The personal financial management tools, uh, wealth, you know, uh, access to see their consolidated portfolios, trading capabilities, self-service functions like opening new accounts and asset movement, all of this is digital. Yep, very good. I think you're absolutely right on all those points there. So let's keep going on the buzzwords. Uh, you know, clearly artificial intelligence, AI is uh, top of mind for just about every article you read these days. Um, but I'm sure you, you are very focused on this and you've got that advanced technology lab 
uh, at Pershing there. So where do you guys see AI going? Can we use it now? Or are we still a little bit um, uh, away from uh, the opportunity for advisors to really dig into AI? What's the state there over at Pershing? What do you guys think? Yeah, so in our Pershing technology, uh, advanced technology lab, yes, we, we are looking at AI. We're looking at voice technologies. We're looking at chatbots and robotics and where they can play a part. Um, and we're still in the early st stages for some of that analysis, right? So we have our operational areas looking at how can um, robotics and AI really change the way um, that operations can scale um, and where we can automate legacy processes and replace that with robotics or chatbots to make service faster. So I think automating and digitizing service is a big focus for AI and robotics. Um, on the portal side, chatbots, I think, will start to emerge playing more of a part on mobile devices and on portals. Uh, especially in this environment of you know, COVID-19, people are looking for immediate responses and that technology can be trained on the commonly asked questions and give immediate responses. Uh, but you know, AI also is starting to show up um, at a lot of firms when it comes to helping them manage risk. So looking for anomalies, looking for trends um, and trying to show them dashboards of the things that are occurring and pointing them to that so that they can start focusing on reacting to those areas of risk faster. Um, so that's starting to emerge. I think AI is going to play a bigger part in the world of cyber. Yep, very good. I think you're absolutely right on all those things. So as we look out some of the bigger macro trends hitting the industry, you know, there's lots of them. We could pick one, uh, maybe longevity or succession planning, next generation of advisors, uh, banking. Uh, what do you see? What are you all looking at when you put your strategy hat on? What's sort of uh, next for, for purchase? So the top five that come to mind here at Pershing that we're, we're kind of centering our strategy around is the change is the new normal one, which is all about industry consolidation, new business and pricing models emerging and making sure that we react to that as well. The new COVID environment pushing digital efficiency efforts even further. Um, the focus on the experience, that's another one. So we, we have to keep paying attention to it, making it simple. Uh, but also bringing in new learning tools that are going to be different than what advisors have used before. Um, so there are some players out there that actually provide experiences that walk you through how to use certain technology while you're right on the platform, moving them away from uh, training sessions and things along those lines. So that, that's another big one. You know, on the experience side, I was mentioning earlier for us, uh, reacting to the experiences, our investments are in the next generation of NetX360. We're making foundational enhancements to many of our technology platforms so that we can react to client feedback and provide more consolidated views, a client-centric approach, and consistency in all of the displays of our data throughout our platforms. Um, falling in the experience bucket is also open architecture and integration. So at the heart of some of the best experiences is a great integrated experience. And right now, what's creating a great experience is partners coming together working together, many different fintechs, third parties, uh, custodians, and trying to build an ecosystem that's gonna meet an advisor's needs. So integration is very important. So we're making a lot of investments to um, you know, enhance our integration portal, create a data hub uh, so that it can make it easier for third parties to have direct access to code in our environment. And I think one of the big ones there for integration is we formed our integration advisory council where we decided, hey, let's pick 15 third-party providers that are most in demand, that are in our environment today, um, where we can work more closely with them to figure out how to solve advisor and client pain points and deliver amazing experiences through integration. So integration is a big one. 
I think the other trend that we were just talking about a little bit before that's starting to focus um, purging is this shift to holistic wealth management and life planning. So we're looking and talking to some fintechs that focus on behavioral finance, learning what that's about, how that might play a part in our world. We're looking at how can we expand what we do with some of our financial planning partners beyond just um, single sign-on access to their solution, but more deeply embedded capabilities into our managed account solutions and other solutions that advisors use. And then there's AI and data, which we were just talking about, driving rapid progress. So we're looking more at what kind of analytic dashboards we can develop and how can we leverage AI and data to to foster and fuel efficiency. Wow, that's quite the list there. Um, You know, you mentioned one that kind of uh, hit me was the consolidation. You know, clearly there's lots going on around that um, in the industry right now, uh, both on the technology side as well as the broker-dealer side, custodian side. I mean, what does this mean for advisors? Is this going to hurt them, help them? What should they be thinking about when choosing their partners? Well, I think, you know, whether it's the consolidation that's happening in the market at a rapid speed, if it's the coronavirus changing the way that we interact and work, I think for advisors, you know, it's all about understanding and knowing how they're going to stay connected to their client, what to say to their client, how to work remotely, um, how to be more digital, uh, how to be more paperless. I mean, these are going to be key as we continue to live in this environment. So as they think about choosing a custodian or a partner, I think the thing they have to look at is, you know, is that partner trying to compete with them or not? At Persian, we're not. Um, or is this partner investing in digital tools um, and, and making you know the experience more technology enabled? And at Pershing, we are. Are they, you know, playing well in the marketplace and working with different providers to, you know, make it, you know, experiences more integrated? And we certainly are with our, you know, formation of our integration advisory council. So these would be some things that I think advisors should be thinking about. Um, the other is, you know, are we investing in efficiency? And we have many initiatives going on where we are investing in efficiency. Uh, you know, how continuously to bring together both the banking and brokerage experience. I mean, this is going to be a big thing that continues to grow. At Pershing, we already have it in place and we're continuing to refine it. Yep, very good. I think that's all uh, great advice. Um, so as you look out into 2020, you know, it's a marketer's dream, right? The the year of pure vision. Um, and it's off to a choppy start, but what can we expect to see from Pershing over the next year? You mentioned a few of them. Any, you know, quick wins that we're going to see? Um, well, I think one quick win I'll talk about on the investor portal later in the year is we're trying to put the power of site development in our firm's hands rather than rely on a project-based experience. So a tool we'll be introducing is called Site Builder, and this is really going to enable advisory firms um, to offer out branded experiences to their advisors, to their offices, and to the firm itself. They'll be able to stand up sites very fast, you know, whether it be within a week or two weeks' time, and it gives them a lot of flexibility to promote their brand. So that'll be an exciting win. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you're going to see a lot of activity happening around what we're doing around integration. So, um, you know, right now we're working on an initiative to stand up what we call the data hub. Um, we're working with one of the major CRM providers to do that. That's, you know, that CRM provider is used by many of our clients. And again, this is going to put in place some standardized connections uh, where it's going to save a lot of time for integration with CRM. And then we'll expand that to other players um, across the market. 
Uh, the other is going to be the things that we're doing around the investor and advisor experiences. We've already started to roll out some of those new experiences, and we'll continue to drip them out throughout the year. So a lot of new screens getting redesigned for advisors, a lot, you know, the whole site experience getting redesigned for the investor. Uh, that's great. So we're definitely in the nomination season for the 2020 WealthManagement.com Industry Awards, um, the Wealthies. Um, any of those initiatives you mentioned going to be what we'll see as a nomination or any sort of insight you want to give us in terms of uh, those type of areas you think um, uh, deserve recognition from the program? Yeah, as we watch things get introduced this year and, and make it through the development cycle, I think we'll be looking at all those categories. So what can we nominate uh, in terms of enriching the investor experience? What can we nominate from you know, our initiatives around reimagining the NetX360 wealth experience and helping advisors work more efficiently? I think the efficiency play will be a big area of focus for us, potentially for the awards. Um, I think the open architecture efforts that I was describing, we'll be looking at that and maybe some of the advanced tech ones. That's fantastic. I can't wait to see those. So uh, I want to say thanks again for joining us today. I uh, really appreciate your time on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of wealthmanagement.com.